Hello, hello. And we are live here. We are live here at Ollie's for our last episode of 2023. We are going to be taking a break after this. So welcome, welcome to a Democrat and a Republican walking to a bar. I am uh, your host, Sean Hartman, the Republican. I'm Dr. Cindy Bainey, the Democrat. And yeah, we are coming up on the end of 2023, which has been a wacky, wild year uh, in a lot of different ways. And um, quite a wild week, too. (laughs) Wild week. And this will be our last live show of 2023. We'll resume live shows in January, January of 2024. Yeah, we got we got some busy stuff coming on. I know that uh, we got, of course, Thanksgiving. I'll be in Tucson. I don't know what you're doing for Thanksgiving. Are you doing anything cool for Thanksgiving? Actually, just hanging around here. It's always good to have Thanksgiving at home. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Well, it's good. Good. Good, I guess. But uh, no, I'll be going to Tucson. And then the week after, a couple weeks after, uh, well, the week after is going to be my birthday. And then the following week, I will be in D.C. for 10 days at the Leadership Institute. And so that's going to be that's going to be busy as well. Uh, And then, yeah, but it's been it's been an interesting week for sure for a lot of a lot of reasons. Um, Obviously, we had Congressional Fight Club um, this week. Mark Wayne, Senator Mark Wayne. I was. Yeah, well, it was Mark Wayne, and I guess, yes, Kevin McCarthy, you know, punching people in kidneys now, like boxing, boxing Tennessee kidneys over here, like he's he's Rocky Balboa or something. Wow. <laughs> There's been a lot of you. I'm assuming you've heard heard these stories. You know, what's funny is I saw that Republican Fight Club was trending, and I had no <laughs> idea why. And I thought it was the Mark Wayne. It was both. It was okay. both. So it's it's Mark Wayne. So we had two situations that happened. The first was. Uh, uh, there was a congressman, Tim Burchett of oh, Tennessee, right. and he was claiming that uh, Kevin McCarthy elbowed him in the kidney. I I find that hard to believe. I feel, feel like you might have just like bumped him or something, but I mean, we don't have any footage of it. We don't have any video. We have the audio of him chasing after him, calling him a punk or whatever he said. I don't even remember exactly what he said. And then you had the Mark Wayne Mullen thing where Mark Wayne Mullen's about to uh, – fight the, the head of the teamsters union which is just like just does not seem like a good idea it is not i, I it's embarrassing i think it's embarrassing for a number of reasons one is of course he is a united states senator he should right. act like it and right. out to be schooled by bernie sanders like hey you calm down you calm down with his hand like dang, dangling that was all over just like his hand like popping out in the middle like telling him to shut up but it was ridiculous. But I also didn't like it because, again, I've been promoting over the past few weeks now that we as a Republican Party need to be pro-labor and pro-worker. doesn't really hurt the uh, help that uh, one of our main Republican senators is out there anti-union about to fight a member of the labor union. But I again, feel like the Teamsters guy would wipe the floor with yeah, his five foot seven. It would have been a pretty decent fight. I think we would have lo- all loved to see it, but maybe not the House floor is the most appropriate way to do it. It came off very like high school or meet me back up at the back of the gym at three o'clock type of thing. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very childish, very pathetic for sure. The thing that's interesting about the Tim Burchett thing is a few things. So first of all, if you've heard on Rebecca Jones and I talking about uh, how Representative Burchett on uh, our podcast, <laughs> uh, she thinks he's really hilarious because he's very into UFOs and he's always like making <laughs> tweets and stuff about UFOs. Oh, really? Um, but <laughs> Rebecca, so maybe it was an alien that punched him in the kidney. <laughs> but really the thing that tuned us into Tim Burchett was – that during the January House uh, Majority Leader fight that got 15 rounds of yeah. that got Kevin McCarthy in, mm-hmm. Timber Chat 
there was a film clip of Burchett going over to Matt Gates and basically getting into Matt Gates' face. And right after that, Matt Gates changed his vote. So we were always kind of joking, like, what is it that Tim was saying to Ooh. Gates? And like, you know, she Rebecca says, like, what did he say to make him go poopy in his pants? Is her <laughs> joke. But I mean, it really was. So it was you, like so he got up in Gates' face and Gates kind of turned ghost white and then he decided to play ball. So so, so ironic. So Burchett was one of the people who was basically got Gates to fold so that way they could actually have Kevin McCarthy and speaker. Right. And then he's over here. He had betrayed Kevin McCarthy, one of the eight people who voted against him. And now he's accusing Kevin McCarthy of punching him in the gut or something. So this has been this has been a fun, fun time for Congress, for sure. Um, miss the old days when when uh, Congress members were just groping each other at uh, place. Much, much easier time. <laughs> Republican congressman. Yeah. So, so that was uh, this week's so Republican Fight Club. Uh, yeah. What other stuff was top line for you this week? Uh, well, uh, I think that was the main main thing I, um, for me. I do know there's been a few few things of breaking news just today. Um, the first, of course, is Rosalind Carter about an hour ago passed away. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty personal need because she has um, has a long history of mental health advocacy mm-hmm. that I didn't realize. Um, yep. As well as just being just uh, a, a strong advisor to President Carter, very much the proto Hillary Clinton, if you will, um, of her day. Um, but very smart lady. We all knew that uh, she was in hospice, and Jimmy's, of course, in hospice. So he, we're suspecting, I'm, or that he's probably going to be passing soon as well. He's 98, um, mm-hmm. and usually when 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 husbands and wives, especially when they've been together for so long, they have actually. In terms of presidential marriages, they have the longest marriage of any presidential couple. Yeah. So usually when you have such a long marriage, the the husband and wife usually pass away close to each other. Um, yeah. But the, just just a wonderful lady. Sad that sad to have her go. But the other thing that's been happening is there's been reports that they are in the middle of negotiations in Israel to help mm-hmm. release hostages in exchange for a a pause in uh, aggression. They're trying to be very careful as to not word it as a ceasefire because uh-huh. everyone's against a ceasefire fire within the foreign policy establishment. But um, I think it's good news. Um, we yeah. want to get these hostages out. Unfortunately, we do know that um, we did. I did hear that two American hostages at least have passed, have been mm-hmm. found dead. Um, but they're trying to get, I think there's at least 10 more American hostages. Yeah. They're trying to get them out. Um, there's, uh, chances of negotiation, not many details out there, obviously, because because you don't want that type of stuff out there. Um, but um, that is good news, and hopefully, we'll get something like that, um, some sort of release there, and some sort of peaceful resolution. Not necessarily. I don't think we're going to get a peaceful resolution anytime soon, but we are at least going to get these hostages out. And, and it comes with the humanitarian aid pause as well. I believe it uh, was yeah. estimated at five days, so that will definitely. I've heard be for five days too. Help. The, the people who are suffering in Gaza. And my take on this too, is that this is an important role for American global leadership. So um, mm. President Biden has been taking increased criticism for the growing humanitarian crisis in yeah. Gaza and the support for Israel and the components that that play in. So he's in a very precarious situation, especially with the democratic coalition. Yep. And which I'm fine with, by the way, just keep, keep, Keep going. Keep oh, no, leaving. we're still down for Biden. Don't worry. But, <laughs> um, you know, that we're going to say what we think is right. And a lot of people think that humanitarian aid is the correct thing to do. So yeah. I think it it's important for the United States to stick to their values yes. and do what's right geopolitically as well. Mm. And that, that we can 
make those kinds of statements. We can make those kind of deals yeah. through our global leadership. And you know, what we have to remember is with these Palestinian civilians, these are victims just uh, of Hamas just as much as the Israelis are. Yeah. The people like to, and I know we talked about this last week or a few weeks ago, where uh, people like to think that Hamas wasn't elected elected by them. They were elected in 2006 and then essentially took over as a military dictatorship. Right. You know, So they've been living under a totalitarian, tyrannical regime right. for over 20, almost 20 years now. So the people of Palestine you know, don't know about that. In fact, I think the majority of Palestine or a, a large amount of Palestinians are uh, children. Or under their right. definitely youth, so they weren't even alive to vote. They couldn't even vote. Right. Most Palestinians couldn't even vote in that election, um, and so they are equally as terrorized by Hamas as as um, Israel is. They are victims of this as well, and so we need to treat you know take care of these civilians. And that's the real tragedy in all of this. Is this whole thing is a uh, we talked about a few weeks ago. It's very emotional. We're all very. Right. Um, we're all very concerned about this, um, but there's real people that are involved right. and real lives that are affected. Yeah, the death toll for children alone is around 6,500 uh, in Gaza. So that's really horrific to think about. And it does mean that the United States should have moral leadership when it comes Agreed. to this as well. Agreed. But I don't. I, I do think that we still need to stand with Israel as well when Israel has a right to defend itself. But I 100% agree that we have to figure out how to do this in a way that is not harming civilians like it is, especially the children. Like Children aren't the ones responsible here. Hamas right. is the ones responsible here. And, and we need to make sure that this is a fight focused on Hamas, not on Palestine. Great. Yep. So that's that's what's been going on with that. But hey, let's turn to something a little bit lighter. Oh, dear. <laughs> what's lighter to you? <laughs> George Santos. Oh, yes. George Santos, the embattled <laughs> congressman from the New York 3rd District who came in, surprisingly, flipped that district from blue to red and <clears throat> um, came in. He's been accused of all sorts of different types of things. Fraud. Oh had his just the fact that he's for campaign fraud. Basically using it. everyone, every, basically using everyone's campaign donations for like Botox. And my favorite is OnlyFans. What a Republican! What a straw family values Republican right there. And, but I, I, I don't know if you've read some of the reporting though. It's light OnlyFans is apparently what is. I'm like, what is light OnlyFans? Like, like is it like softcore OnlyFans? Is he only going for people who are like a lingerie and bikini pose? Like some of the softcore. I'm like, what is he? What is he? And I know he's gay, so is he looking at gay OnlyFans porn? I don't, are there gay OnlyFans perform? I assume there are, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't subscribe to anyone, so it's fine. I'm not super familiar with the dynamic, but that woman, I think, was the most funniest, you know, the, yeah. the most hilarious of all of them. Um, there is now another um, expulsion motion, and this one's yeah. actually being proposed by the chairman of the Ethics Committee or right. the Republican head of the Ethics Committee, yeah. uh, so that way it will have some weight, even though the Ethics Committee themselves did not propose any action the chairman's proposing right. the expulsion right. um we'll see if that actually because it went you know you had democrats who voted against it 
And then you had Republicans who, of course, voted against. And that no. was before the report came out. So yeah. The big thing this week That's is what I'm that thinking. the Ethics Committee's report came out. There was an arrest of his treasurer, and he announced that he's not running for re-election. Yeah. So it, kind of a lot of problems for George Santos. Yeah, no. And, and, and so hopefully we'll see how cruel Democrats uh, looking at that ethics report and do the right thing and expel him. Because, uh, I mean, look, I, it's a disgrace that he's a part of our party. It's It, it really is that the level of of fraud is absurd it's absurd it's 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 laughable lie about his parents it's you think you think think that this would be something in the onion or the babylon b like seriously you know killed in 9-11 he was who knew that such a such a champion volleyball player with was it harvard or stanford would stoop so low to lie to us it's just ridiculous it's it it is it is it is laughable and comical (laughs) two from the this district is that nobody actually first of all nobody intended it thought that that district was going to flip first of all um because it was a very heavily a democratic district mm-hmm. and even himself apparently george santos is running like he wasn't really taken serious so he was just kind of in it and he had run several times before and lost so he's just kind of been doing this as a yeah a draft <laughs> for a long time and then suddenly somehow uh, well, that was it. Was, didn't he win during COVID, right? It was it was the COVID mm-hmm. election, twenty twenty two. Really? Yeah. So because I no, he had, ran in COVID and lost, but lost. then the okay. So because I had uh, was doing some collaborative work with one of the Democratic primary contenders from New York three, Melanie Dorigo. Oh, okay. Um. So it was kind of a little bit of the behind the scenes what was going on there, and it was really he. He just kind of, you know, he was there. Nobody took him serious. And then he won. Everyone was like, oh, <laughs> what have we done? This is why you always, that's what you got to do. You got to take these people seriously. And, the, and to, take, to that regard, let's also talk about the other crazy candidate that's announced his his um, run for office. The QAnon shaman has actually made made yeah. his debut as a libertarian. So at the very least, he's not a part of the Republican Party. Thank God for that, at least. So... But he is, he is running as a libertarian in Arizona for a seat that is uh, uh, going to – so it's a district. The incumbent congresswoman is uh, dropping out, and you have Blake Masters running for that seat, who is the Republican Senate candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Abraham Hamadai, who is the Republican attorney general candidate. Um, so you got – and you also got Trent Franks, who resigned because of sexual harassment allegations, running on the Republican side. Um, so it's a very interesting cast of characters um, on the Republican side already. And then you got this QAnon shaman who I guess is trying to get the rest of them. Um, but uh, he's running as a libertarian. He was actually on a show that I watch every week, Smirconish on CNN, and which I was pretty shocked that he was actually on that. And that, that Michael, I mean, Michael Smirconish tends to bring up, bring in people who normally don't get platforms like this and, as sort of that that bipartisan, I'm going to talk to everyone. Um, but it's very interesting to to see him on there. He was like clean cut and shaved and shaved and with a suit and looked all professional. But he basically said that yeah, I did I did what I did. It was wrong. But he wasn't like he said he was he was saying it was wrong that he committed a crime, but could not really explain why the crime was wrong. <laughs> it was it was like he was like doing this dance where he wasn't wanting to admit. That he did that he did something wrong, but he admitted that he committed a crime and that was wrong. And it's just like, 
<sighs> but it was it was very interesting to see that um, and just very funny. I'm just very glad that he's not running as a Republican. But it's not like we have the best of Republicans running for that congressional seat anyway. Sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's what we had. Uh, I think during our last in between our this show and last show, we also had the Republican presidential debate. And I wish I could tell you what I remember from it, but I don't remember much. Yeah. You know, I do know, again, Vivek and, and Nikki keep going at it, um, you know, constantly keep going at it. I need to rewatch it again, actually. But um, that was your presidential debate. Nothing new. And then, you know, Trump did a, a rally right down the road. Of course, in Hialeah. Yeah, in Hialeah. So our, our party leadership was actually at that rally. Our chairman, Chairman Thompson was at that rally. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. A lot of stuff going on there as well. But so we did have the uh, the the test for Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. Oh yes, with the uh, shutdown looming, the seventeenth mm. was the deadline. Yes, and we did get uh, we have averted that shutdown at the very least, at least that deadline. And we have the two. I think it's a two tier system where some of it gets stopped stopped at January, and some of it gets stopped in February, which I think is fair. I think that that. Um, I think it's an interesting way to uh, do a budget or uh, to set up these CRs to allow for that type of negotiation. Um, it's interesting, of course, that this is basically what Kevin McCarthy did. Almost got the exact same vote count as Kevin McCarthy's uh, shutdown because, again, the Republicans didn't want to work with him, so he had to work with the Democrats. But he's not receiving any consequences from it, so it's very curious. You know that he, you know, Thanksgiving next week, Christmas. They all gonna go home. They just want to let it slide. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, you know, it's unfortunately seems like it ended up being very personal for Kevin McCarthy. It, it, it was very personal. I mean, this whole thing. I mean, Matt Gates had it in for him from the get go. It's why, even though he presented fourteen resolutions, which is what Matt Gates wants, they voted it down, and he still, um. You know, they and then they blamed him for voting down the thing that they wanted him to do. And so right. it's ridiculous. It was always a hundred percent personal the whole time. They felt like they didn't want McCarthy. They thought he was too establishment. They thought he was too rhino, and they wanted someone else. And then that's why, you know, we had four weeks where we were just twiddling our thumbs, and then waiting for, you know, you know electing a speaker and then that's why we had to do another continuing resolution so i think that's i have heard many republicans saying that's why they're more merciful with this speaker but again um it's basically the exact same thing we had to get all these democrats um democratic votes in order to get this thing passed and uh we'll see what happens as we continue to kick the can down the road Mm -hmm. and again and i want to bring this up we brought this up so many times on the show we need to start the budget process earlier. We need to be start starting the individual appropriations process at least in January, February area. We need to start that earlier so we don't get into these like last minute crisis modes. Do you know whose job that is? That's the speaker. The speaker of the house. Yes, I agree. And hopefully, Mike <laughs> Mike Johnson actually does that job there. Kind of doesn't matter anymore because he's halfway through what would be a speaker term. Yeah. And so So we'll see what happens also how this affects us in 2024 if we're going to get hurt by this. Well, yep. And uh I would say probably the political consequences overall with averting the shutdown are going to be quite minimal. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, it would have been very bad if there had been a shutdown right before Christmas because mm. nobody wants to go without money before Christmas. Oh, yeah. no, 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 it would have a disaster. That's why they had to do this. That's why they had to kick the can down the road like this. So, yeah, that was other big things. Um, we did have a special election, not special election, a special session here in the Florida legislature. I didn't know that. Oh, really? We did? Yeah. I did not know that. The Tell first me. week of November, uh, DeSantis had called for a special session, and it was actually the week of the debates. So people were saying, like, hey, this timing is kind of coincidental. <laughs> Um, and the main poor purpose of it was for sanctions on Iran, additional funding for security for Jewish schools. Yeah. Okay, yes. And then um, I believe it was uh, an expansion of the charter school vouchers for disabilities. I don't know about the charter school vouchers for disabilities. I do know there were some added protections for Jewish schools, and I think there was a move. I don't know if it succeeded or not, but there was a move to add black schools as well. Um, and I, I thought it went through. I thought because I thought it was a Democrat and a Republican working on it. Um, but um, with but there was additional protections for um, African American schools or prominently African American schools to give them security as well. And so. I mean, the security part, I think that's very important in general, especially with, unfortunately, with, with the dynamic of the Israel-Hamas conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting hate on both sides. You're getting a lot of anti-Semitism right. against Jews, and you're getting a lot of, you know, anti-Arab sentiment as well. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, we don't want bigotry and hate in our country, and definitely not in our state. Um, and we need to be able to protect and, you know, these children as well, because they deserve to be protected as well. Um, sure. I mean, it's just it's the unfortunate thing is, it's not that and these issues are not are without merit. It's just pulling the legislators in for a special session the week of the Republican primary. And, uh, be, yeah, it does, like, kind of, it does come off as political theater. It's like, yeah, I, I look at because he did bring it up during the debate. Right, which was the point. Yeah, so. So we do have a shout out to John Heim, who's on here. Thanks for joining us. John Heim is a uh, longtime water activist and actually just got a special commendation um, for his work uh, advocating for water and river quality uh, in Fort Myers Beach. What did you, he got named the River King or something? I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't remember. I know I, I shared the information. So congratulations for that recommendation, uh, John, and to all the people around the state of Florida who are doing work on uh, environmental issues. And oh my goodness, <laughs> we have something special coming out here. Let's check this out. Now you may not know this, but Ollie's here, Sean at Ollie's. Bill, bring it over here so we can see it. Hey, I got a birthday Sunday. Yeah, has got Sunday. So if you come on time, thank you. And uh, it is Sean's birthday coming up. Oh, we didn't get to sing. He already, he already got his wish. Happy birthday, Sean. How old are you? I will be 33. 33 years young coming up. Yeah, they, all the red for Republican. I love it. You didn't want to give him any of the blue candles because those are for special people. Special is correct. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, happy birthday, Sean, and uh, enjoy your delicious oh, fudge here. If you do get a chance to get one, it's like a chocolate brownie fudge sundae. It's really, really amazing. My kids love it when they come here and get it too. 
Um, yeah. yeah, and Ollie's, they have great, you know, not only do you have beer and shows and great activities, but uh, some pretty tasty sandwiches, too. So should come on over um, and check out the local scene here in Cape Coral. place to be. Um, it's also one of the few safe havens for Democrats here in Cape Coral. So if you're a Democrat, this is your, like, sanctuary. Oh, there you go. So John clarified he's the United States River Association and awarded him the National River Championship. There you go. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, River King, I knew it was something that had to do with rivers. River, but... River King works, too. <laughs> so congratulations on that. So, uh, Sean, what else are you doing for your birthday coming up here? Um, so, sure we're going to do something in Tucson. I think, so my birthday actually also falls on the um, Cape Coral Republican Club meeting. So I'm sure I'm going to be going there and getting a happy birthday song from them too, hopefully. But, um, and then, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab lunch with my grandparents first. We'll probably do a Guanamia. And then me and my mom are probably going to go see the new Napoleon movie. I'm really excited for that one. Um, that one's going to be really cool for sure. But, um, that's probably what we're going to be doing. I been kind of thinking of me and a few of my friends possibly going, to four mile cove either kayaking or paddle boating but i don't know if any of them will be up for it so we'll see but i'm i'm i mean nothing nothing big planned i'm not really like a party goer or anything like that so it's going to be very simple very relaxed probably well wonderful i hope you have an enjoyable time i know many of you here will also be you know gathering for thanksgiving holidays um it's uh, it's kind of weird. I, I was trying to explain this to my husband, too, who's mostly grown up in the South here in Florida and then in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Michigan. And I was just trying to tell him, like, how surreal it is that, like, it's Thanksgiving time because it still kind of feels like summer to me here. Mm -hmm. And it's hot and it's sunny. Whereas up in Michigan, it's a drastic change yeah. like, from summer to Thanksgiving. So you know that it's kind of winter and Thanksgiving and Christmas time coming because it's mm -hmm. cold and, you know the sun is different and uh it was just kind of a weird feeling to have it be sunny all the time here so what's it congratulating you on your new role on you're saying you have well, a new role. just with uh so i'm the communications chair for the democratic environmental caucus of florida so i oh yes you did bring this up yeah i've been working on um different environmental issues and messaging on that and we're looking at expanding that in uh, hmm. interesting ways coming in 2024 interesting media expansions yeah, yeah. i'll take a few um, take a few of your ideas for the republican party <laughs> i'm stealing your guys ideas oh <laughs> well good uh, well we always have the best ideas i agree the, the complaint with democrats especially in environmental and science-based issues is that we're not good at talking about people talking to people about it it's mm -hmm. that it's like we're super wonky and it's not we don't have <laughs> marketing we don't have a lot of marketing and advertising people in the democratic party mm -hmm. actually most of them are republicans um yeah. and so we just don't have that same level of uh capacity frankly so um i've been working on that and uh, hopefully we can make make an issue so really mm. good He's getting his first birthday cake here in. Um, I was going to say, like, what else is going on? That's kind of it. I guess everything else is kind of wrapping up for the holidays here. There is um, something else that I know that we won't talk about in depth, but I wanted to mention on the yeah, show. Yeah, you can bring it up. Um, yeah, we have, a, we have a situation here in Cape Coral. I actually am unable to talk about it because of uh, there is a pending court case in which I am involved in. Um, but we have a city council member who has been removed from that seat. We were actually talking about this 
earlier too about how the city of city of Cape Coral, the city council is very much despised right now. Um, and we know that with the, uh, sorry for my lips all smacking and everything. I'm just still eating the ice cream. Anyway, um, the city council is just so such in a bad place right now with the people. And we were yeah. talking about why. And first off, with the city council, when there's a vacancy, they can either choose a special election or they can appoint someone, which is most likely what they're going to do. And they're basically going to appoint someone who's going to agree with them at the end of the day. But the real problem that I realized with the city council, excuse me, that I wanted to bring up is this is a city council that, you know, is, is very business oriented. And we basically, they're elected and they're like, we're going to run the city like a business. And then we're surprised that they run the city like a business. <laughs> Turns out that's not as popular. <laughs> it, isn't as, it isn't because. Like when you live in it, right? Yeah, like it's when, a popular thing that people say on the campaign trail. But yeah, when you try to turn your park, your your local park in your neighborhood into a commercial zone, which tells is, that that's not that great. And again, why are they doing it? Because they need to make sure they have the revenue coming in. Why did they um, tear down the, the yacht club building? Because it was too much of, too much of an expense. And so when you were talking about um, how, again, like what this, how large this city is, over yeah. 200,000 people, like it's hard to be like, oh, low taxes, low spending when we're growing like this. Well, it's not only just growing in terms of the population, but it's the land mass and actuality. And, and the very beginning conceptions of Cape Coral was that it was supposed to be everybody was waterfront. So they built these canals mm -hmm. in everywhere. Well, the maintenance of all those types of things, the seawalls and mm -hmm. things like that, just in that alone, not to mention the extra roads that you have to build and the, you know, all the other infrastructure that goes along with that is an incredibly expensive endeavor. Mm -hmm. And for a very long time, Cape Coral had a very low population, which meant that the big expense to keep it up was shared, you know, a lot between the people who are there. And as we're growing, you have to fix or retrofit because the fiscally conservative policies of the past were to let a lot of this stuff go. Mm. Um, and actually that is one of the reasons why the Cape Coral Yacht Club ended up on the chopping block, so mm. to speak, is because there was so much money owed in back maintenance that FEMA wasn't going to make all of the damages that had happened to it uh, reimbursable by them because mm. they should have been invested in along the way. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the, the point is, point is, and Sean is very reluctantly agreeing to this, is that fiscal conservatism and running a, a <laughs> seems like a good idea when you're on the campaign trail, but when it really comes down to it, you have a lot of problems with how that actually works in terms of quality life for people in the neighborhoods and what it means for your, your overall property values. And, you know, you go back even a few years here yeah. in Cape Coral, uh, with the city water and sewage expansion. And mm -hmm. I believe it was on average, what, $35,000 per household oh, yeah. that that expansion uh, was going to cost. Now, here's the thing that's wild is the decision was to pass it on to the individual households, right? Um, in other cities, that would have been a different decision. Like you could have paid for that through raising a millage or some kind of other additional to property tax or something yeah. along those lines. But that wasn't the choice that was made. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good. It's just good to, to point out that there is a conflict in this yeah. sometimes in terms of the ideal when it comes to fiscal conservative policy and how it's actually implemented in a, in a city. That's why I've been using fiscal responsibility and fiscal conservatism. Cause you're absolutely right. Like 
Yeah, you can't. You have to balance it out, and like, how? What are the core services that you want? How? Excuse me. How do you do that with the least amount of taxes coming out of people's pockets and the fairest amount of taxes of coming out of people's pockets? It's it's much more complex mm-hmm. than you can put out there in a campaign trail. And unfortunately, right. all people want to hear is either low taxes or how are you going to provide my services? Right. And many times the two are conflict are, are in conflict with each other. Yep. You can't provide services without revenue, which comes from taxes. It's true in some way, shape, or form. And the truth is, is that if you have those things and you have a nice city, it it increases everything. So there has to be an understanding that people have. You have to have good schools. You have to have good roads. You have to have good infrastructure, uh, parks. Here's schools too as well, right? Mm -hmm. And that is true whether or not you have kids in schools or you're going to use any of those services because it actually buoys everything in the community. So you want good schools in your community. Why? Because if you don't have good schools, you can't attract a robust middle-class workforce. You can't that attract is, businesses. Businesses look at the school system. They do. And not only just businesses, but you can't get the professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a, a continuous deficit in uh, medical specialists and mm-hmm. even general practitioners. Part of the reason is, is because those folks who are doctors, right? They oftentimes are coming with a spouse, right? And, and then they're coming with children, right? Mm-hmm. And if they look at the schools and they look at the housing prices and then, oh, by the way, our our housing market is off the chain. Oh, and by the way, our uh, job market really sucks for other professionals. Mm-hmm. So your trailing spouse doesn't have a job. You're not going to move here. Yep. And that that's a disadvantage for us. So yep. you will use those services one way, shape or form. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, uh, this is uh, what you were talking about, Democrats being policy wonks. And you can't really just, you know, discuss all of that. People will hear that and they're like, oh, but it's so too right. complicated. And I just right. want my taxes low. I want low taxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, but by the way, like if you have low taxes, that means bad schools and bad roads. And, mm-hmm. and you may be able to drive your car to where you want, but there's all these other things. You definitely want to have doctors that will treat you uh, when you're sick. You definitely want people to work in your restaurants. Right. Yep. And people to work on your hospitality, you know, in the hotels and things like that. Especially with the tourist industry here. Right. So you want to be able to have people a strong workforce, and that means strong education. Um, And if we don't have it, we we all lose out, right? Mm. We'll lose that tax base uh, from the tourism, and it will just be a bad place to live. And so it is, you know, the the investments back into your infrastructure and – the making sure that everything in your your whole community is working well mm. actually benefits everybody else but people don't they 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 like the concept of no no taxes right or low taxes i mean i mean yeah, yeah i mean who doesn't that's 100 percent true but no, you have to understand what it's funding so right what you get for it so and unfortunately you know philanthropy philanthropy is not enough right too <laughs> so um, but yeah, that's, that's always been my push on it. And I'm with you on, you know, fiscal responsibility. I mean, that is basically my career, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in evaluation, that's what I've done with governments and nonprofits is helping them to how to measure, where's the yeah. money going? Is it meeting your goals? Is it doing yeah. what it's supposed to do? And I would love to see a more investment in evaluation. Of course. Yeah. Unfortunately, Especially with government programs. People love corruption. 
Um, so yeah. they don't necessarily like people like me who are you know, picking up, the, you know, looking underneath the carpet. Exactly. And we the hold curtains. people accountable. Yep. Especially yeah. at the yeah. local yeah. level. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But uh, we can change, right? We can keep telling people uh, what, uh, what we would like to see, but there has mm -hmm. to be, there does have to be some reality in it. Yeah. Right. So folks in Cape Coral and, uh, well, anyway, so we didn't even actually talk a little bit about that, but so let me tell you what the situation in Cape Coral, the situation you, you explained it, so I won't, yeah. Was that uh, the Councilwoman Patty Cummins has, had, uh, has been removed from her seat by Governor DeSantis, uh, along with, she got arrested, um, the three, uh, with three felonies that included um, falsifying documents uh, to get a driver's license that said that she doesn't, um, like to, that not, it's not where she lives essentially mm. and all those related to getting her qualified to run for city council so that is ongoing right and mm. we will see with both the legal case but council will um basically appoint somebody to that seat yes yes and so governor DeSantis and and um had removed her um this is something that governor DeSantis does like to do in these situations i don't think he knew patty um, I do know that Patty was a Trump supporter. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's why he did it. I think it's just again because he, uh, you know, runs on and talks about election integrity and election issues. And so, when someone's accused of election fraud, he's he's probably thinking, "I got to make sure I look strong on this issue." And so that's why he did it. I think he could have easily defended himself. He says, "Well, she hasn't been found guilty, so I won't do that yet." But um, that's not what he decided to do. He's removed her from the seat. And this does mean that the city council will be uh, most likely they have two options. They can do a special election, but they never do it. And um, the public comments from council members already have made it clear that they're not going to do it again. They're going to appoint someone to their seat. It's going to be pro uh, probably one of the buddies, maybe uh, Jennifer Nelson, who is the person that uh, Patty Cummings beat, might be appointed. Uh, maybe someone else. There's a. A big uh, restaurant owner named Tito Ortiz. I think it was an MMA fighter. Or yeah, he was a UFC fighter. The UFC Very fighter. UFC fighter. Um, might be a lot of people are thinking he he's been wanting to run for public office and he might buy for that seat as well. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. He's kind of become a local celebrity down here uh, with his Tito's Cantina, which actually looks pretty cool. I, don't, I kind of want to check it out. So there's a lot of potential options there, people who would want to apply for that seat. Um, but again, it's going to be someone that the city council will agree, who, who will agree with them on, on all the issues, which is just more of the same. Again, we have a city council that is not listening to the people that is thinking more about what's going to make them money, what's going to be more profitable than what the people want. And so that's unfortunately not going to change. We do have an election in 2024, and it does mean with someone being appointed that that district four seat will also be up. And so right. hopefully we'll get some you know, pro-community, pro-people candidates who are more focused on what the people want and what will make the city some money. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. So another national kind of local issue was that Byron Donald's wife, Erica Donald, has been appointed a fellow of the Heritage Foundation. Really? I didn't know this. Oh, what is this? I did not know. She's a special fellow on <laughs> education, which basically is signaling that they're going to incorporate the model that she has implemented across the state of Florida for charter schools at the federal level. And that's going to become part of the official Heritage Foundation's recommendations. As you may or may not know, the Project 2025, which is the Republican blueprint oh, yes, 
for um, their governance structure moving forward after the 2024 election mm -hmm. was written by the Heritage Foundation. I, I, I need to still read that. I haven't got a chance to read the Project 2025 yet, so I don't really want to comment on that. But uh, I didn't know that Erica got, got into the Heritage Foundation um, as a fellow. Honestly, like I've always wanted to work at a think tank too, so um, good for her. Um, I know you disagree, but, uh, yeah, good for her. I'm very, I'm very excited for her, but a lot of people are also seeing it as a signal that, uh, if, a, if Trump were to win in 2024, it, it was the stepping stone for her to be appointed the secretary of education. I wasn't, yeah, that, that's a possibility too. Which would basically mean the complete defunding of public schools across the country in favor of charter schools, many which uh, the the Donalds profit from through the Optima Foundation, which states clearly on its website that it takes 11% in perpetuity of the funds for every school that it sets up. So, yay, more school choice. Got it. <laughs> Yes, tearing off public dollars. I, I don't. I will agree with you that I don't like the fact that that she profits off of this. Um, I do that. That is a clear conflict of interest. But I am a supporter of school choice. Um, I am a supporter of parents choosing what's the best education for their children. Um, so, so we disagree on this issue. We've talked about it before already. But um, yeah, no, I'm a supporter of school choice. I mean, I'm. I would love to see the Department of Education uh, eliminated and just folded. I would personally like to see the return of the Health Education and Welfare Department fold those two departments together. But that's an entirely, you know, different conversation. I mean, we already have school of choice. You can choose to send your children to public school or you can choose to send them to private school. But if you're poor, you, 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 if you're poor you can't. No, if you're if well, you're you low income school too. No, I think more people should choose homeschool, honestly. But yeah, yeah. that's an entirely yeah. Anyway, we already have but, school choice. Uh, what we have now is defunding of public schools because with House Bill One that was passed in 2023 here in the Florida Legislature, that allowed for those dollars open now to any to follow the child for any reason. So you can go to a charter mm. school or a private school for yeah. any reason and those dollars follow you. However, the public school still has to provide those children with extracurricular and sports activities, which is end up still being a cost to the public school. I don't agree. I, I, I don't agree that that anyone who's going to private school should be providing extracurricular activities that that I do have a problem with. But I do think the money should follow the child. I absolutely do. I think that 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 the focus on this ed on education needs to be on the child. And so I, I do support that, but I agree with you in the sense that if they're going to be going to a private school, then they shouldn't be using public school extracurriculars and costing more taxpayer dollars on that. Absolutely. That's wrong. Have you ever driven on, have you driven on all the highways in the country? I have not. No. Have you driven on all the highways in the state of Florida? I have not. Well, those are all state funds and mm. federal funds, right? No, I know that. Do yeah. you expect that, that you should get a portion of return because you don't, drive on all the roads no i'm not saying that but what i'm saying that's, is, is that's, when that's, they're that's akin but, but, to what you're saying with mm -hmm. the money should follow the child right you are advocating what you you allocate state funds you allocate federal funds for a public institution and you may or may not use that right and that's actually been the same way with public schools or mm -hmm. private schools the whole time right uh you know same thing in the school district you may pay taxes in a school district through your property taxes but you may not have children that go to that school but 
as we were talking earlier, yeah, no. you still benefit from that. Because no, I do agree with that. Yeah, that so that, that is something I, also, I do agree with you in the sense that, that education and having a strong education system benefits the community, not just benefits the individual. But again, I think you're talking about two separate things um, because in, when we're talking about here is the specific education of a child um, and what is best for them. And if that's the goal of the education system, then absolutely the money should follow the child. Is that the goal well, of the education system? I think it should be the goal of the education system. The, edu so the goal of the education system is to have an educated community mm -hmm. and to have community level outcomes. It's mm -hmm. not to help Johnny, right? Like do what Johnny wants all the way through graduation. It's to make sure that we have a functioning uh, institution, mm -hmm. functioning school, functioning workforce, and that we can all benefit from them. It, we've gotten a little bit off base with, with the way that we calculate it and saying, okay, it's X amount of students, so it's X amount of dollars. That's just a calculation, but that doesn't mean that that's how those dollars specifically mm -hmm. go, right? Yeah. It's just that was a bulk calculation because you still, whether or not Johnny goes to one school, if Johnny's allocated to go to that school, the state has to provide a space for him. So they have to put those money, those funds into it, whether or not Johnny chooses to go to that school or chooses now to go to a private school or a mm. charter school. So yeah, that needs to be it's, reformed. Then. It's not it's not a good calculation. Mm. Ultimately, I am actually would be totally happy to have more education funding. I've been very upset ever since the Florida legislature has decided to instead of supplementing education with the lottery dollars, they have replaced mm. The budget with the lottery dollars it should never have been like that they should have yeah. kept the same allocation and then supplemented it with mm. the lottery dollars but instead fiscal conservatism they replaced it and then reallocated those dollars in other places yeah that's not appropriate because we still you still have to calculate you still have to build classrooms based on a total population that's the law Right. Mm. And so you still have to have that. So you still have to pay for the school and the mm. teacher and the electricity and the air conditioning and the books for that child, whether or not they are there. Yeah, that and that's why you can't parse sure. it up. Yeah. That meant that does what well, I didn't realize all of that. But yes, that's a lot of complications for sure. Um, but yes. OK. I don't really have anything else to say on that one. That was a lot well, of that was a big info dump right there. Education. Okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's important. So. But, they, I, I, then there's yeah, there's definitely ways we can reform it to try to make it a little bit more fair. But again, I am still I believe that with so many differences with children and 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 with parents that this really needs to be a decision um, from the children and the parents, and that especially areas of uh, children in low income areas or children who have uh, disabilities, um, they shouldn't be prohibited. Um, from going to a school that would be better beneficial towards them. Now, here's the thing. We already do have school choice. Mm. So you can go to any school in the state of Florida that you want, that your parents want to. So if there's another school, mm. you can go. And this actually happens quite a lot. Like I know plenty of students mm. who were, uh, they lived in Immokalee, so it was Collier County, mm -hmm. but they came up to, I believe it was South Fort Myers because they had a vet tech program. Um, and they oh. were allowed to do that legally in the state of Florida, but they just had to provide their own transportation. Mm. So we already have a lot of things that allow that, that yeah. add for that. Now, the problem that I always have found is that private schools and charter schools do not have to uh, apply by the same or uh, go by the same rules. That is, that is something that, that I do they don't have qualified teachers. It's not required. Okay. 
less accountability. There's less accountability. Many of them close and fold because there's problems with the management. Uh, they have they score less. Uh, you know, the, the scores are lower than public schools, and they do not have to. Re- they are not required to have a 504 plan or IEP plan to help with. Uh, you know, help students who are otherwise in need. And they can even go as far as putting in religious or other social political identity and uh, ideas into it Mm. that can be very discriminatory towards different types of students. Uh, Yeah, so I definitely agree that um, especially if you're receiving, if a school is receiving tax dollars, they need to be held accountable to the state and there needs to be um, a certain base amount of regulations um, that that do come with it. I mean, with, if you're getting money from the government, it comes with strings attached. And if you want that money from the government, you need to you need to yeah you need to make sure you you agree to the terms. And if you don't want to agree to those terms, then that's fine, and you don't have to accept the money. But um, but I do 100% agree with you that that there is a real issue with accountability with this, and I think that that needs to be definitely addressed. Absolutely. All right. So that's education in the state of Florida. Any other final thoughts as we're just everyone have a good Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Be like us when you're around your Democrat or Republican family member. Be like us, how we can talk about these issues and disagree, but not like yell at each other or attack each other. She didn't call me a fascist. I didn't call her a Marxist. Um, That's a good point. That's a great thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great thing. Take take. Yeah. And it's it's important to do so and to do so in a civil way. So have a good Thanksgiving and have a good Christmas and be like us when you're talking to your opposite party family members. Absolutely. Thanks for that reminder, John. And thanks for everybody for listening to us here at a Democrat and Republican walk into a bar brought to you big by Big Mouth Media and our host here at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. We would love to have your further support going into 2024. What an amazing holiday present it would be (laughs) to get your friends or family member a subscription to this show for $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. Mm -hmm. And then you get the edited episodes afterwards delivered directly to your inbox and you get to help independent media stay alive. So go ahead and check out the plans and pricing page on the Big Mouth Media website, bigmouthmediafl.com. Thanks once again for joining us, and we will see you live in 2024. Have a great end of your year. End of the year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of that. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.